Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and Beaches Vacation.com. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray and his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and of course your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash NFL. Hey guys, Steve Palazzolo here. As you know, we're in the heart of one of the greatest sports events on the calendar. You guessed it, March Madness. And the best place to stay on top of all the NCAA tournament coverage, that's CBS Sports HQ. What is CBS Sports HQ? It's the free 24-hour sports network that's built for fans just like you and me. I watch it every day, and here's why. You don't get any of the hot takes, fake debates, or politics like other sports networks. Just the stuff that matters, like nonstop highlights, news and analysis, no matter when I tune in. And if you enjoy fantasy or placing some bets like I've been known to do, their experts are always dishing out picks to help me win. So check out CBS Sports HQ. It's always on and always free. No need to pay a subscription fee or have an expensive cable package. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Fire TV, Roku, or Apple TV to start watching today. 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. You know what else you can do in about a minute? Get an offer for your car from True Car. That's right. In the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, or just listen to my voice, you can get a True Cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or at home. Just go to True Car and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions and you'll get an accurate True Cash offer from a local True Car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring your car in and they'll check it out with you together. You can ask questions and get the answers you need so there's no surprises. Then simply leave with your check or trade in your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. Welcome into the PFF NFL podcast. Steve Palazzolo here with Mike Renner, fresh from spring break. He is back. Welcome back, Mike. Good to be back. I've, my batteries are recharged. I'm ready to rock all through 
draft season. How was how was spring break? It was fun. Was I went good? down to Florida. Got a little tan. If you were watching the video, you can see. Did you go okay. to like the what that, like the MTV parties and all that no, stuff? No, I didn't do anything that cool. I went to Disney World. Did you? Know? Yeah, it was fun. Really? Good yeah, I'll have to do a whole podcast about that someday. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's great. Yeah. Everything's going well? Everything's going well. Good to be back talking draft. So close to finalizing our draft board. Can't wait. We're very close. Yeah, we have many, many names. There's still a ton um, to still watch and resort, but that's just where we are. As we dive into the data, rewatch these guys. Let's get into some of the the big news from this week. And you know, somebody requested on Twitter. I think it was a good idea, just discussing the second and third round yeah. and things that could happen there. We'll talk about some of our favorite fits potentially in the second, third round. Some of the beyond the first round stuff. We'll fix that table that you're yes. messing up here. Let's start with the news about Josh Rosen, though, because I, I look. I, I'm not a news breaking type of guy, mm-hmm. but like I had this in January 10th. Everybody wants to get credit you know, before Schefter. Go check the timestamps. Josh Rosen. To the Giants, had it on January 10th. I was first on Twitter. This is important, important okay. stuff. Um, so it sounds like Arizona is going to be getting Kyler Murray. You bragged to your friends about being first on Twitter. Yeah, Rick so. Riley style. That was what he, <laughs> he went like hashtag first on Twitter back in the day. It's a joke, Mike. Um, I think it sounds like it's happening. I think yeah. it's the right move. I, I mean, I do think. I think they are going to draft Kyler Murray when it's all said and done. I think the, there's enough smoke that I believe that that's where they're going to end up. And at that point, you're not Josh Rosen's trade value will only be going downhill. He's only going to go downhill from here. But is, uh, is that if, true, if, though? So if Kyler Murray steps in from day one and is your starter, it's only going to go downhill from I here. See, I don't know if I don't, that's I, truly Because the of the, how important it is to have a, a quarterback on the rookie contract. Okay, so the so by the day Rosen's contract is shrinking, yes. therefore less. Okay, that part is fine. I do think the idea of having Kyler Murray in camp and Josh Rosen in camp isn't mm-hmm. that big of a deal. Uh, we've seen the Sam Bradford thing happen before the season, where he got flipped for a first round pick from the Eagles to the Vikings. I mean, crazier stuff has happened. I don't yeah. think it's the worst thing in the world to to go into the season with Rosen. But I want to discuss Rosen's trade value here. Okay. Last year he goes number ten overall. Uh, some people had him number one on their QB draft board. How much does one not great season in Arizona in one of the worst situations in the NFL, if not the worst, how much does that affect his value? I say not so much. I can't believe that the NFL is talking about a potential third-round pick for him at this point. I think it still impacts you pretty highly, in my mind. If you're going into, say, you're the Cardinals last season, you're going into that draft, and I tell you the quarterback you're going to draft is going to suck as a rookie. He's going to be very bad. And there's no sugarcoating it. Josh Rosen was very bad. He was one of the lowest-grade quarterbacks in the NFL as a rookie. Not a lot of even highly-graded games throughout his season. I tell you that. They're probably not drafting him at 10. You're saying, mm, I, if I know he's going to suck as a rookie, just playing the odds there. Usually guys who go on to be you know, Hall of Famers, very good quarterbacks, at least show something as a rookie, or at least good at times pull, as a pull rookie. Pull out your rookie year tweets. Yes. Pull it out. You're yeah. looking for it. All right, I, because I want to discuss this. Um, I have a theory on it, and it's one we can't completely prove yet, but we're going to prove it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Rosen can bounce back because, you know, as I was tweeting the other day, players don't change the situations change more than players, mm-hmm. right? I don't think Rosen has changed as a player. He came in as a flawed prospect whose highs were high and lows were low. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like an Eli Manning. You put him behind a, a rough offensive line, it's going to be bad. You don't give him a good set of receivers, it's going to be bad. Can he make NFL throws? Yes. Do I think some evaluators overrated Rosen because when he does it right, it looks pretty? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Throws a nice dig route, looks the part, all that fun stuff. That part's overrated. Now, your tweet recently about the guys that have been at that the lowest yes. of the low, mm-hmm. 
I thought was interesting, but I think there's an explanation even perhaps within the PFF data. So here, quarterbacks that rookie season graded below 60 overall. Josh Josh Rose and had actual legitimate time. Spent, you know, had took I think it was 225 or 250 dropbacks something like that. Josh Rosen, CJ Beathard, Deshaun Kaiser, Jared Goff, Derek Carr, Blake Bortles, EJ Manuel, Nick Foles, Brandon Whedon, Christian Ponder, Blaine Gabbert, Josh Freeman, Mark Sanchez, Matt Stafford, Trent Edwards, Matt Leinart, Bruce Gradkowski, and Vince Young. So, oh, friend Bruce, if you're looking for hits out of that list, Matt Stafford. Let me see. Let me see the list. I need to Jared, see it. Jared Goff, Derek Carr, maybe Nick Foles, but Nick Foles not even for his original franchise. So, I mean, obviously for his original franchise, but went elsewhere was not you know a hit really in the sense of the word. So, but here's how I think you could sort those guys. So it's it's good. I mean, mm-hmm. not a lot of guys dig, dug these guys out. Here's what I'm going to say: Jared Goff dug himself out of the hole. Derek Carr dug himself out, and Matthew Stafford also did. You said Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's kind of hit or miss. You know. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. But as far as Goff, this is where you know I think the college data matters. When you go back to college, Jared Goff had an elite grade. He had some top-notch grades. We yeah. evaluated him as a first-round prospect. That, to me, trumps the bad first year. Yeah. Derek Carr, we actually went and graded his senior year. He had a 90-plus PFF grade. We still mm-hmm. have, we have to do more of his career. So I think that trumped his bad mm-hmm. first season. Uh, Matthew Stafford, I don't know where he would have graded. We don't have that information. But when you compare him to like C.J. Beathard, was not great in college in our numbers. Deshaun Kaiser was not. Blake Bortles would have been, I think, okay. E.J. Manuel, no way he would have been good in our numbers. I watched yeah. him. That is last year. Brandon Whedon, okay. Christian Ponder, no. Blaine Gabbert, no. Josh Freeman, maybe. Sanchez, maybe. My point is, a lot of these guys had... You, you, mm-hmm. I think you defer back to the college guy more so than what happened mm-hmm. that rookie season. And that's why it's like, all right, don't write off Goff. Don't write off Carr. Don't write off Stafford. Yeah. I think Rosen is on that borderline of those other guys, but mm-hmm. a step below them. I think he still has something to offer the NFL. And I, but I do think, so the guys that ended up being hits from that group, Jared Goff was the number one quarterback drafted in that draft. Matt Stafford was the number one quarterback drafted in that draft. The college evaluation was surefire sort of franchise guy. The Derek Carr is probably the one outlier, but he's been up and down over the course of his career. Really only had one good season where he graded well for us, and he came from Fresno State. Simplistic offense. You can sort of see why it might have been rough for him out of the gate as a rookie. Josh Rosen played for Jim Moore at UCLA. Pro-style offense. Guy who was coached coaching in the NFL, then went back to college. He should have been, you know, theoretically NFL-ready from that standpoint. And then you take into the fact that five teams in the top 10 last year needed quarterbacks and passed on Josh Rosen. Five different NFL teams said Josh Rosen's not a number one guy. He was now the that's fourth quarterback off fourth the, quarterback off the board. Broncos passed on a QB, probably needed one. You know, other teams, Giants needed a QB, said no, not Rosen. So all these teams are saying no, we don't think he's a franchise guy or our franchise guy. I, I think at that point, there's a lot of sort of red flags going off to where I, I'm not going to. I'm going to take my best option, which is going with Kyler Murray and try to recoup any sort of value I can here because, like I just said earlier, oh, for, for Arizona, it's only going to go downhill. For Arizona, I think it's a yeah. no-brainer. I'm, I'm not okay, okay yeah, I'm not writing him off, but if I'm an, another NFL franchise looking at him, I'm not sure Like, if your ceiling is Derek Carr out of this. I'm not sure that's enough. For, you know, I, I don't think that's so, still yeah, that's so not a great ceiling. There's two ways to look at this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about Jared Goff, Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford coming out of it. Their peaks are like top they barely scratched the top eight 
quarterbacks. Goff was in the top eight at times for us, but he's very mm-hmm. well protected by the system. Derek Carr had the one year where he was about eighth in the NFL for us. Stafford's had one or two years yeah. as a top ten quarterback despite a, a great skill set. So you could look at that list and say, yes, these guys became viable, pretty good NFL quarterbacks, but they never mm-hmm. became top eight guys and top eight is just this random arbitrary cutoff but there's probably about eight guys that do separate themselves in the nfl at any given time so if you're the cardinals the debate is is kyla murray a potential top eight guy whereas josh the percentage of josh rosen being one of those guys we think is low really low that's a no-brainer my question is if you're the washington redskins or the new york giants would you give up a mid first round pick for josh rosen i instinctively say yes mostly because if he does hit the payoff is just so much great so much mm-hmm. so much greater than the risk of giving up the first rounder. Yeah, I and I just We have a flyover at opening day. Oh yeah, that's what that is. We're either under attack <laughs> or there's a flyover for Red's opening day. The I home was, of opening day here yeah. in Cincinnati. I thought it started thunder. We luckily we're in this bombshell. Like the yeah. whole office could have exploded right now and we wouldn't know. But that I think is what just happened right now. Some yeah, flyover. Yeah. Damn, I wish I could see it. All right. I love flyers. But let me get back to the Josh Rosen point. Just Sorry. saying you can evaluate based off of the rookie season. Yes, it was a terrible situation. I don't think that that means throw it out the window, in my opinion. It's still something. It's still a part of his evaluation. When his evaluation wasn't even surefire coming out, when there were big red flags coming out in his game, when he was a very imperfect quarterback coming out, for him not to hit the ground running in any sort of way, shape, or form is another red flag to me where second round I think is – viable i'm not going to go top of the second round middle second round but i'm not going to go and say give me a first make him my franchise guy now after what i saw uh from him this season all right that's fair maybe i'm overrating him a little bit i don't know i mean look and here's how i looked at him coming out eli manning ish i I think i just think you gotta set your sights higher than he could turn into Derek carr you know I understand. you got to set your sights higher than that if you're really one of these teams that needs qb but even when he was coming out last year i said okay if you could have an eli manning career where in in 10 years you're going to have two kind of peak seasons where you could if if everything's you know if you've got the right supporting cast and all that stuff you could make a playoff run mm-hmm. you're going to have some inconsistency you probably won't make the playoffs a bunch of other times i think that's worth the first round risk i don't know if anything's changed on that end josh rosen still can make nfl throws still struggles outside of structure still isn't the most accurate guy in the class and the best or the best decision maker all that stuff hasn't changed nothing's mm-hmm. changed about that other than the extra year on the contract and the fact that and then just weighing the risk and it's you and me weighing the risk a little bit different Mm -hmm. i think as far as what his top end could be because i don't think his top end has changed yeah i agree i just don't think it's the top i just don't think you're you're betting like i said i'd set my sights higher than what his top end could be at this point if you're arizona you're good taking a second round pick third round pick yeah i'd take a second round for him at this point okay or you could just I, I mean, instinctively. I, I don't think there's anything also wrong with if they don't trade them and go into camp with both. Here's there's the alternative: nothing. people are going to say, "Oh, you know, you don't want to split the rock locker room." I think that's BS. Oh, I, I don't care about split care. the rocker, yeah. locker room stuff. Again, if your if your franchise quarterback cannot handle a little bit of competition, exactly, and drama, then you know what yeah. do you do? What are you even doing here? You weren't going to make it anyway. Um, here's my thing, though: if I'm Washington or say Miami, and say Miami's not on the two-year tank plan that they're mm. hinting toward. Um, the alternative is draft Daniel Jones. You hope Dwayne Haskins falls. Start Ryan Fitzpatrick. Or Drew Locke. <laughs> well, I'm saying, when you're yeah, looking no. for your next yeah. quarterback, if it's Josh Rosen versus Dwayne Haskins versus Daniel Jones versus Drew Locke versus Will Greer, I think Rosen's the best group guy of that bunch. By, it's, it's Rosen and Haskins 
and then I would definitely take Rosen over. I still think the Locke unknown though has some sort of value in that Drew Locke could come to the NFL and it looks different from year one. Whereas Josh Rosen, we know he came to the NFL and it was bad year one. I think that sort of unknown is still in my mind more valuable than. Oh man, if you put Rosen. Locke, I'm not saying I'm drafting either in the first round. I'm just saying if I have a mid, you know, if I have a second round pick where the you know, the Dolphins are. I'd rather have Drew Locke there. Now he's probably not going to be there, but I'd rather have Drew Locke there than Josh Rosen. If you put Locke in the situation that Rosen was in last year, yeah, ugly. That would have been even more of a disaster. All right, it's a good discussion about Rosen and and his value. Mm-hmm. Let's get into some of the second, second and third round stuff. Let's start with a little bit of love for the teams that don't have a first round pick: the Chicago yes. Bears, New Orleans Saints, now the Cleveland Browns. So they've gotten some mock draft love during the mm-hmm. season because they just traded their second or their first. And then the Dallas Cowboys. These are the teams. Their fans are always like, look, I don't want to read your first-round mock because my team's not in there. Give us some picks. Give us some players. So let's do that. Let's start with the Chicago Bears. And I heard that our colleagues on the forecast have already started to make some Chicago Bears-Jacksonville-Jaguars comparisons because of Trubisky um, not really being that great at this Mm -hmm. point in his career. And the rest of the roster, as we were doing our team needs at ProFootballFocus.com this week, we're like, man, the Bears don't really have a ton of needs. Mm -hmm. That was Jacksonville for the last couple of years. They're building this roster. You're doing a mock draft. You're like, all right, what what need are we filling here with our pick? That's Mm -hmm. what fans want. And it looks pretty good. And then they were held back by the quarterback. Chicago could be dangerously in that territory. They hate when we we (laughs) trash Trubisky. Um, So he needs to still take a step forward. Mm Mm-hmm. But as far as the rest of the Bears roster, there's not a ton of holes, but let's find some good fits for them in that, you know, the middle round, second, third, fourth round range. Yeah, where I would be looking is probably the secondary. Lost, you know, two players on the back end uh, this offseason. I think someone like Amani Hooker out of Iowa would be perfect for them in terms yeah. of his versatility to play safety and also slot cornerback uh, in that defense would come in uh, and replace Bryce Callahan. I think he could play that role right off the bat. I think, to me, he could be there in the third for them. I'm not, I'm not going to say he will be, but I think that's about where he'd be probably offering the most value. So I'd be looking for, if I'm the Bears, if I'm looking for immediate impact player, because, I mean, they're basically all in. You don't take two first-rounders for Khalil Mack if you're not all in for these next couple seasons where you're not going to have a first-rounder. Unless you want you know, a complete roster. So get a guy at a position of need that can make an impact right away. That could either be that cornerback position or just another pass rusher. Because obviously in third down packages, you can never use too many pass rushers. Leonard Floyd has not been great. Hasn't been great. This is an no. understatement. I mean, he's been one of the worst pass rushing edge defenders in the NFL uh, over the course of his career. So just adding someone else to that third down package would make a ton of sense. We love some of the small school guys. Ron Bingham, Max Crosby, they'll definitely be there in the third, maybe even fourth. We're talking pick 87 here. That's their first yeah. pick is 87. Those guys would be great fits, I think, at that point. Right. Because we're going to have pure like, third down guys at this point. Max Crosby, guys. Ron Bingham. Keep an eye on those guys. Potentially for the Bears. We like those guys mm-hmm. as a fit. The New Orleans Saints... Should we get should we get into what that trade did for them last year? Yeah, give me the give me what you were breaking down here. Okay, so essentially, you know, I think smart teams have been saying this for years: trade down, trade down, trade down. Every time you trade down, you have to have a trade up partner. Yes. Um, the reason why you don't trade up, though, I'll use the the Bills as an example. A couple years ago, they traded up to get Sammy Watkins when they could have just stayed where they were and gotten, say, Mike Evans, yeah. a comparable if not better player. And then the following year could have had a first-round defensive end. Yep. So it's Mike Evans in a first-round defensive end, which, you know, as an, as an example, mm-hmm. instead of Sammy Watkins. For the Saints in that scenario, they traded way up to go get Marcus Davenport. So now it's Marcus Davenport versus 
let's just say Jair, Jair, Jair Alexander. Yeah, say they make the same trade that the Packers Or Derwin James. Those, both guys yeah. were on the board. So yeah. they got Jair Alexander last year with their first rounder. Now this year Which they have another first rounder. Pairs across from Marshawn Lattimore instead of a trash bag on the other side. Yeah. They yeah. had to trade for Eli Apple this yeah. year. So they could have had Jair opposite Marshawn Lattimore. And come into this draft with the number 30 overall pick, hypothetically, assuming Jair was just as impactful mm-hmm. as Marcus Davenport last year. So who I mean, would Marcus pot- Davenport legitimately was not very impactful. He was not. Alex Okafor, I think, outsnapped him. Or it was, they were splitting heavy playing time. He was not the starter there, full sale at defensive end. So this year, hypothetically with 30, Cleveland Farrell could still be there. Zach Allen from Boston College. How different are these guys from Marcus Davenport? Cleveland Farrell, Zach Allen, Chase Winovich, Anthony Nelson. How yeah. different is he as a power yeah, edge I mean, defender than Marcus Davenport? There, I'd probably take Davenport over uh, in the same breath as you know Farrell or Winovich. Uh, he'd probably step above Anthony Nelson to me. But at the same time, it's the incremental difference is not worth another first-round player. Especially not point. when it, it could just, have been Jair, yeah. who's a good corner at the most valuable position on the defense, at a position of need as well for them. And we said it, not to just keep trashing this pick wholesale, but we said it at the time. If you're going up to get a guy, that was not the guy that's going to make a immediate right. impact on your defense. He was a raw prospect to begin with. He was a guy who was going to, if ever, be an impactful player. It was going to be year two, year three, year four, because he just had no pass rushing moves. I mean, he went to the Senior Bowl. He had one of the worst win, win rates at the Senior Bowl. Just when he went against real tackles, it was not happening for him. So if you're trading up, the guy should have been Derwin James. That's what I thought it was the whole time right. when, it, when they made that trade, because that was the guy that could impact that Saints defense, I mean, I would be hard-pressed to think that they would not have won that game against the Rams with Derwin James in that lineup. Derwin would have been That great. was the guy, but like I said, two players versus two first-round type caliber players versus one. They obviously made it because they thought, you know, championship run, we have our window, Breeze, how much longer, we don't know. They're obviously all in, but it, it just, in retrospect... Well, I mean, Derwin James some, made way more of an impact yeah. in year one than almost any defensive player. Yes. He might have been yeah. the most impactful. So that would have been the most you know, sorry, yeah. Saints fans, but um, so yeah, the, get there, yeah, the risk of trading up is the whole two for one player thing, and that one player, the the chances of that one player being twice as valuable yeah. as the other two is unless just, yeah, I think unless or it's more like top, valuable than unless the other it's a guy you're drafting in the top four, so it's really a crapshoot. They're just not guys that you can put a pin on drafted fifteenth overall and say he's going to be you know elite. For, right. Like that just does not happen a lot of times. Usually those guys go top five, and everyone knows it. All right, let's look at um, 62, I believe they're picking. They're in the 60s. Yes, 62. Um, so their second-round pick. Any potential fits there? I'm looking at some corner. You know, Rock Yassin, maybe from Temple. If he, People are talking about him as a top 40 guy. Do you want to continue to load up at corner if you're the Saints? Well, they obviously also need a center now with Max Unger as well. True. I think that could be Max Unger retiring. That could be where they end up going. Eric McCoy from Texas A&M, I think that's where he will end up in mid-second, late-second. If Elkton Jenkins is there, I'd you know be running in my car with him because I think he's the most NFL-ready center. We'll get to that a little later, but I think more realistically, someone like Eric McCoy would be there in that range, and that's where they need someone right away. And Max Unger was not especially great last year. I mean, there's a reason why he retired. His play had slipped in recent seasons. I think Eric McCoy could legitimately even be an upgrade in terms of pass protection year one if they do that's the route they choose to go. All right, let's go to the Dallas Cowboys, and we'll circle back to the Browns. The Cowboys, another team, they traded their first-round pick for Amari Cooper. Um, I think that was worth the risk at that point, you know, to get Amari, even though you have to pay him a lot more than you pay a first-round pick. Some good fits for the Cowboys. Can I give you mine? Do it. They're looking looking for Earl Thomas, right? They've been talking about Earl Thomas forever. Mm -hmm. They've got this beautifully homegrown 
secondary. Xavier Woods is back there. Byron Jones out at corner. Those other young corners. Yep. What if he had Darnell Savage to the mix? And his burst and speed, a guy I think might be the best covered safety in the class. I mean, I'm going him and Nasir Adderley, I think, are the guys that are going to be our top two safeties when it's all said and done, when we sort through this whole thing. And I just love what Savage brings to the table. Yeah, he can cover more ground than probably any other safety in this class. And quicker, with as much speed as I've seen uh, in any safety coming out in recent memory. He just explodes out of a standstill play after play after play now the, the worrisome thing is if you're you know throwing knocks his way the, the thing that you are worried about is the fact that they just didn't do they just didn't put him in a single high roll at maryland he was playing a lot of quarters a lot of halves a lot of you know in the box stuff and he's great coming up and making plays so you just don't see him taking those angles on the back end to you know throws making plays you know whether it be from the middle of the field to the slot that sort of thing to the sideline you see him coming up on ball carries but i love his angles coming up on ball carries he attacks them you know in the flat at Taking great angles. Now, he has a problem with missed tackles and throttling, missed tackles. throttling down yeah. and finishing, but his angle to it initially is what it pops out to me on tape and why I think he can translate to that middle of the field role at the next level. It is eye-popping stuff watching him accelerate through the catch points yes. at times. There's, there's times where it's like, here's the receiver, here's Savage, he's a step behind, and then he just explodes past the receiver. And that's, that's the type of stuff that shows up in the athleticism, 1.5, 10-yard split, which is exceptional, 4-3-6, 40, uh, vertical jump, almost 40 inches, 3-cone, 7.03. All these numbers are really, really good. And again, I mean, it just it shows up on film. This guy is athletic, and it shows up when he is trying to find the football. Yeah, and Cowboy's one of the most covered three heavy schemes in the NFL. A lot of press on the outside, and he can just shrink the area that those boundary corners have to sort of guard down the field. I think that'd be invaluable. To I'd, I'd like him in that robber role. Yeah, I'd just anywhere in the middle short of the field, middle even. of the field mm-hmm. and compress the middle of the field because of how, how quickly he gets from point A to point B. And then a. you think about the athleticism up the middle on the Cowboys defense. Jalen Smith, Leighton Vanderish, and him. You have three elite athletes patrolling that middle of the field. That's, that's where I'd be looking if I am Dallas Cowboys. No promise that he makes it there, but if he is. Yeah, I was going to say, all that said, <laughs> he's my pick is that safety that just ends yeah. up. Uh, ended you know, getting drafted in the first round. Mm-hmm. All right, the other team that doesn't have a first round is the Cleveland Browns. Uh, traded it in the Odell Beckham trade. So they still have some needs at corner opposite Denzel Ward. Do they get another developmental offensive tackle in their, you know, mm-hmm. offensive tackle room that's, you know, or offensive line room that's all development, developmental tackles and Greg Robinson? Um, you know, maybe there's a couple different ways they can go here. Yeah, and I think they could also add to the defensive line because while yep. they added two more pieces in Olivier Vernon and Sheldon Richardson. It's still they had no depth to begin with. They were obviously shopping Emmanuel Ogba because he's not even good depth, uh, to be honest. So four across, you don't want to run them into the dirt like you did a season ago. Get some depth, get a rotation going. So I think they could really go anywhere along the defensive line. And like you mentioned, corner, safety now maybe in need with Jarrell Peppers getting traded. So any one of those routes I could see. So I, I think someone like... Juan Thornhill could come in and step in for the role Good fit that they there. lost in, in Jabril Peppers. Very athletic, very explosive in the box. I think that could be uh, where they're going. Like I said, anywhere along the defensive line, there's just basically add talent to that D-line. I would look at Greg Little, the offensive tackle for Ole Miss, too. Mm-hmm. I think in that mid-second round range, could be a good fit. A guy that surprised he's not more. getting more first round sort of buzz. I am, too, because he's you know traits guy, size, and you know, former yeah, first I mean, round ability and all that stuff. 
And you he know, held up pretty well in the SEC when you watch just basically his past pro playlist of just because that, that Ole Miss offense can fool you into they'll have five straight RPOs where he's really not pass blocking it says right. it's pass play but if you really watch his past sets true pass sets he doesn't, didn't lose a ton there at Ole Miss he did not so I think you know Little could be a good guy mm-hmm. for the Browns in the second let's let's discuss a little bit more second and third round action we focus so much on the first by the way I presented this idea to you I want to make sure that the listeners are cool with this. Head-to-head mock on Monday? I'll get yes. you back on here. Head-to-head mock. I'll we'll just back. go back and forth. Uh-huh. Do I get the first pick? Yes, you got the first pick. So I'm on the clock. I get Arizona. Because I know. You got Kyler. I don't want to Would you get take Kyler? I, just w- I wouldn't want you to screw up the draft with the wrong pick. No, I'd take Kyler, too. Okay. So I'll, I'm on the clock as of Monday. So okay. I get Arizona. You have San Francisco. I've got with, um, the Jets. Yes, and that Oakland. You should have all the Oakland picks, though. Mm. That's how it should go. Okay, we can finagle that when we get there. Maybe. Well, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, but I think that'll be a fun little way. People love mock drafts. That'll be our mock draft for the week. So we'll do that Monday. We'll do head-to-head, make a little video out of it, put it on the pod. But first, second and third round picks, guys that you think are just great fits. Yes. Let's, let's just go back and forth on a couple. Okay, I have my first one off the bat here is Anthony Nelson. We touched on him a little earlier. The Iowa defensive end going to the Packers in the third round. Need someone to fill that role that they wanted Muhammad Wilkerson to fill, you know, the defensive end across from Mike Daniels, get that three down front because they got the edge secured now. I think Anthony Nelson, what he can do, uh, perfect five technique, perfect, you know, that sort of player head up over an offensive tackle. Is that where you would play him? I know he's, that's he's where a I monster edge. Yes. I think that's where his best reps came is when he can get his hands into an offensive lineman early and then work from there. So, uh, Anthony Nelson, third round. I don't see a lot of early round hype on him. Didn't do too great at the Senior Bowl, but when yeah. I, I go back to the pass pro players, when, when you watch when he had real pass pass rushing reps, because a lot of times at Iowa it was run reads. He can't just attack the quarterback. Uh, so on those plays, he really he racked up over half his pressures on true drop back pre- passes, not those play action, nothing where uh, three man rushes that sort of thing. It was true drop back passes with four man rushes. Over half his pressure came on that. So when he could really turn it up and go, he can attack the pass. So I think he can be just add some more talent to that Green Bay Packers defensive interior where not, not a ton after Clark and Daniels. We're going to have him in the, uh, with a second-round grade mm-hmm. higher than I think most are because of I, – I, I don't think scouts love power rushers all that much. I don't think they love pure power guys mm. in general. I, I try not to guess too much what scouts love. That's a good point. I don't want to. I don't want to give you be clouded. All right. So um, the my my perfect fit or guy that I think would be a good fit for the Bills mm-hmm. in the second round, Hakeem Butler, Oof. the wide receiver from Iowa yeah. State. Now people seem to be all over the place on Hakeem Butler. Our friend Poor Josh man's. Norris thinks he's the best DK receiver in the class. Yeah. Poor man's DK. I mean, if the, it's it's a nice consolation prize if DK is not sitting there at nine for you. Is he better than DK? He's better at some things. Would it I, be surprise you if he was better than DK Metcalf? Uh, a little bit. That would be a little surprised. Yeah, he doesn't have the pure athleticism. Mm-hmm. I mean, straight line yeah. speed. Straight line mm-hmm. speed. I'll say of DK Metcalf. That's going to scare defensive backs. That's really DK's size and straight line speed just give him such an advantage mm-hmm. that mitigates the fact that he moves like Tom Brady laterally. <laughs> but um, Butler has the contested catch skills. Got some freakish after the catch plays like some other guys in this class. But when you look at what the Bills did with John Brown as a deep threat, Cole Beasley as that slot, and then Hakeem Butler as the big guy that Josh Allen can just yep. chuck inaccurate passes to, I mean, that's 
Beautiful. They need size in that receiving yeah. core. It's a little small at the moment. You need a little bit of just like catch radius. Uh, obviously, don't go full Kelvin Benjamin and just select a you know a, a glorified tight end. Well, out if you're going to get a big body radius. contested catch, guy, get, get one that's good at get it. one who has been a lead editor over the course of his college career and has some physical tools to get open himself. So I think that's a Keem Butler would be really a steal. I actually had a different name for the Bills in the second round, but yeah. just because I think I've penciled in DK Metcalf to them at nine, I think that's where. He'll end up going if the Jaguars don't pick him. I think it's one of those two picks is where Metcalf goes. But I put Julian Love, cornerback, to go opposite uh, Tredavious, Tredavious yeah. there. We, we've been mocking Byron Murphy to them in the first. I think second's more realistically where you'd attack corner because of offensive needs offensively. So I do think Julian Love, fantastic zone instinct. Some people want to put him as a slot cornerback. I mean, I think he can do that. But I think on the outside in a zone-heavy scheme like Buffalo runs, he would be Fantastic! I love his instincts at the cornerback position. Not a fantastic athlete by any means, but so many plays on the ball this past season. I told you I liked him in the slot role if you're playing that cover three scheme, like what Desmond mm-hmm. King does for the Chargers. Yes. I think he could do that pretty well. Comes up and breaks on the ball uh, very, very quickly, very efficiently. So I'm looking at the San Francisco 49ers and their offensive line. Garrett Bradbury is just like your perfect zone-blocking center. Yes. So the Shanahan scheme, he's perfect. The McVay scheme. So I think he'd be great for the Rams, who mm-hmm. do need a center at the back end of the first. But on the turn in the second round, the 49ers oh, could yeah. look at a guy that like would, him as well. That would be a perfect fit. I mean, they have Weston Richburg has not worked out great. I mean, he has injuries have kind of derailed his career up to this point. So I don't hate it. I mean, there are other glaring needs on the 49ers, but sure. I don't think you're close it's enough. It's not the first place gonna I'm going to go. I'm just saying as far as The fit go. is perfect, yes. If that yep. is the case. If he's sitting there, I've everyone seems to think he will go in the first round, Bradbury, at this point. So I, I'm not sure he will be there, but if he is, that would be... You'd have to take a second thought if you're John Lynch uh, and by going need versus how good that guy fits into your system. Yeah, for sure. Give me some. Uh, I have got. another second rounder here. This one to me makes too much sense. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, new DC, Todd Bowles, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, the Florida safety slash slot cornerback. That is a role Todd Bowles loves in his defense, is the defensive weapon, I think is the technical term for it. It's just a guy you could line up anywhere on the football field and he'll still produce. To me, that's Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Can play the slot, can play deep safety can play in the box I, I think he's a complete sort of player in that regard and would his skill would be maximized in a role like that and if you're just playing him as a pure slot i don't think he's going to have nearly as much value if you're playing as pure safety nearly as much value as what he can do in that sort of role a lot of safeties like that with the versatility to play some slot mm-hmm. strong free safety move around a little bit uh, the other fit that just made a ton of sense for me the to me the indianapolis colts in a zone heavy scheme Jawan williams from vanderbilt who's just a monster Corner mm-hmm. doesn't have the greatest 40 time, but when you've got that cover two heavy scheme, you yeah. sacrifice some of the measurables for a guy that has that type of length. We, I, I like using the phrase that like compressed passing lanes quite yeah. a bit. He has that ability to do that, especially when you're playing him up in the flat, can beat up receivers a little bit with his physicality. And he was, yeah, he was still pretty raw in press. He had times where he'd just take guys completely out of the play, but he was still... And he got whooped other iffy. times. Yeah, yeah, he's still iffy in press, but I do, his zone instincts were the most impressive. As you know, When you think bigger, longer corners, you think press man guys. He's mo- no more of a zone sort of corner, and especially with that limited speed. So a scheme like Indy would fit that to a T. good fit. Who you got? Anyone else? I have Elkton Jenkins, top interior offensive lineman on our board to the Broncos in round two. Haven't seen much first-round hype for him, but 
We love him. I think he's the most pro-ready interior offensive lineman in this class, which that fits what the Broncos need. Obviously, they lost uh, Matt Paradis to the Carolina Panthers. I think he's a just plus pass protector as well as a capable zone center. I think he would be perfect fit for what they do offensively and what they need, uh, especially round two is where you start you know, thinking interior offensive line. All right, let me try one more here. The Bengals, everybody's mm-hmm. giving them Devin White in the first round. Uh, given he might the, not make it there now. Yeah, he that. might not make it. There's rumors that he's going top 10. Given the other holes that the Bengals have on the roster, would they have a guy like Blake Cashman from Minnesota available in the third round, number 72 overall? Mm-hmm. Cashman's not getting a ton of hype right now. We have him maybe as a second-round type of grade. He's got the little T-Rex arms. He does have the little T-Rex but arms. But he can move. Yes. And when we're talking Bengals and linebacker, it's about getting some athleticism, some range in the middle of the field. It's what they need. If you can secure that in the third round rather than, and still have some pretty you know, quality first and second round picks, I think that would be a steal and a great fit for what they need. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, you can't, you're not going to be the one making that pick as you're not the DC for the Bengals. I'm not. But That's what I, I do, do think that any athleticism. So I think, and you could go to the well multiple times there at linebacker. And if you do miss out on the Devin sweepstakes there in the first round, I, I think you can wait in this linebacker yeah. class. I think there will be good athletes. I think it's deep in terms of athletic linebackers. You can wait to round three, round four to get some guys with some coverage ability that will be upgrades for your team because, well, to be honest, it can't get much worse. Yeah, the, the best, I'm looking at our horizontal board. We should probably print this out at some point, put it on the site and check it out, but it essentially shows the round value that we have in all these guys. And when you look at linebacker, we've got two guys that we expect to go that should go in the first, a couple in the second. And then there's just a tight range of third to fifth rounders. Yeah. So that's where it's like, all right, if you miss out on the top two, wait, get that next chunk of guys because there's not a big difference. And I think that you know position scarcity is an important part when you're evaluating the draft. Yeah, but I do really like Cashman. I mean, he ran a 4-5 something at the combine. A freak of nature athletically. It shows up on tape, too. as one of our highest graded linebackers in the country. So a lot to like from him. All right. Give me, do you have Besides one more? Besides T-Rex arms. Besides the T-Rex arms. I have Four one nine. more, and it's the New York Jets who... They need a receiver, but number three overall might be a little high to be reaching for someone like DK Metcalf. So all the way down in the third round to their next pick, if they don't end up trading down in this draft, Riley Ridley, I think, will be there after his poor testing numbers. But he's a great route runner. And he has, in a class deep with bigger wide receivers, he is on the bigger end, but already sort of polished and route running. So I think he can come out the gate and produce. I don't really see much high-end upside potential in this game I, I think he's i don't want to say capped but i think he's already who he's going to be but that's an immediate impact guy it's an immediate guy who that sam darnold can throw to next season instead of a lot of the guys that you're going to be picking in the third round who probably aren't going to be nfl ready the route running thing like his brother calvin who went into the league last year you don't need the shiftiness in and out of breaks if you're moving the corner the way you need to. Yes. And we saw Calvin do it with you know an inside release, move a guy so that you could break out. Outside mm-hmm. release so you could break in. The nuanced route running that the Ridleys have helps yeah. them a little bit with you it's know, like the, to offset the testing. It's like almost the Bosa's where they are kind of similar. Yeah, you don't want to exactly call every brother yeah. the same. But, but there is, the that same, is a trait the that, they, that right. they share. If I the mean, Bosa's Riley's not near the athlete in terms of speed, but... He has some of the same traits. Great. Let's, let, can we just freestyle a little bit? Just general draft talk? Go for it. little freestyle in here. We're putting the draft Don't board together. Don't freestyle rap, though. If that, no. That's where you're going with this. No, okay, I would yeah. never. Okay, good. I would, I would never, never try. That's not going to happen. All right. Uh, we're putting our draft board together. You're watching a ton of guys. I'm watching a ton of guys. Any general 
thoughts that you've run into this week? I mean, let me just start real quick. I, I thought the tight end class was going to be really deep. I don't really love it now yes. that the, the further I look at it. I think some guys are flawed. And if we do a my guys section, one of them is going to be a tight end. But I think it's a little tight. I like well, Hawkinson. I like uh, Noah Fant, the two Iowa guys. It's a little thin beyond that. Yeah, I, and I go back to... I will not be I will not be the one drafting a tight end in the first round because of just it's not an impact position in a lot of offenses. I don't I think it's a position where you can find later in the draft. So guys like TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fan are rumored to be first rounders. I don't think either is a perfect surefire home run elite tight ends. Right. You know, George Kittle coming out of Iowa. I don't think either of them are necessarily him just because they played for the same school. So I'd I'd just I'd probably pass on a lot of these top tight ends. I'm a little worried. So like Irv Smith. Mm-hmm. Got some great route running ability, some speed. It's just got H back size. With these, t- it's part of the advantage of the tight end is that big catch radius and having a different body type than the receivers you have to throw to. He's closer to a receiver from a body type standpoint. Caleb Wilson from UCLA is pretty good after the catch, but more in a straight line manner. He's not a great route runner. Jay Sternberg is probably my guy at Texas A and M that I like as the number three tight end, and I don't think a ton of people are on him in that uh, in that respect. Yeah. Any other uh, anything you've I, discovered this week? That you I feel think trending? so. I, I think it's a very deep offensive tackle class, uh, not a deep interior class. But there's a lot of guys that think that play tackle in college. This is the year. If you know, if you don't want to, if you do need interior offensive line help, I would be m- very willing to take a guy in the second, like Greg Little, Max Sharping, uh, Yadni Kajou, someone, Bobby Evans, someone who's like that, who is. Not great at offensive tackle, but I think a lot of those guys can profile to the inside and be better than a lot of the big names in the interior offensive line of this class. I just don't think those guys on the interior are anything special, to be honest, in this class. There's only a handful of guys that take in the first or second round in this class in the interior, but there's a bunch of tackles who have flaws but I think could translate inside. So that's my big takeaway is be happy if your team drafts one of those tackles in the second or third rounds. Some developmental tackles. Yes. Chuma Doga, we mentioned as a sleeper yes. on the last podcast, would be uh, a good player. My last thing is the the safety class as we try to sort through that. It still always comes down to fit and style, and mm-hmm. all, we talked about Darnell Savage and his range. Taylor Rapp, more of a box, more of your just safe safety that's yeah. not going to make any spectacular plays. There's a role for that, but it's tough. I don't think he's going to end up as our, as our number one safety on the board when you look at the high end plays that Darnell Savage and maybe in this year Adderley are capable of. On the back end, you mentioned Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Amani Hooker's a big fan. Uh, We have a lot of fans Mm -hmm. of him in the building. Juan Thornhill, who you mentioned. And then Deontay Thompson, we can't figure out. Yeah, I'm so down on him. I'm off him completely. Oh, man. Um, We had a new scouting term. We we revived that from the grave? (sighs) Yes. What was it? So I I forget the actual words, but I remember it's VHS. Must not have been great. VHS, okay. Very oh man now I can't remember was, Sam came up with it so basically that when you're watching the, check his Twitter account didn't go viral all that essentially apparently. what happens with Deontay Thompson the mm-hmm. second he he can read the quarterback in a split second mm-hmm. probably faster than any free safety in this class but then it might take him forever to get there he doesn't <laughs> have the best speed okay. so Sam likes to say steals a yard in his brain you know in it with yeah. his with his with his eyes so he is just really really fast at saying okay the quarterback is looking here i'm breaking on the ball but then there's so many, then there's another play where isaac nada tight end from georgia who ran a four nine outruns him is outrunning him in the sec championship mm-hmm. so well, that we'll see when Al- alabama pro day two happens what we get 
So he he might get the. Uh, so he they already had their pro day, but he's got his own special one, like April seventh yeah, or whatever. Too. Um, Jarius Bird is a guy that you brought up and I brought up when comparing him. Mm-hmm. They might have the best free safety, just pure instincts. Bird was a pretty good athlete, but he couldn't really do much else. Tackling he wasn't, wasn't that, great. No, he was like a four seven guy. Okay, so and he was just that's, that's athlete, right. He and was then slow after an injury. He was just like beyond too slow. So I could see Thompson if you just put him in this. You got that uh, Shiano news? Is that what it is? Uh, Greg Shiano stepped down as defensive coordinator of the pa- coordinator of the Patriots. Oh, short lived. It felt like let's have a moment of silence for the Shiano era. Let's do that. All right. So it felt like an odd hire. Yeah. At the time, where Belichick takes just the most no-named next rocket scientist on his, you know, mm-hmm. from yeah. Colorado School of yeah. Mines or whatever, and makes him the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. They've never hired somebody yeah. from outside the organization, so that felt odd. It was weird, but worked out for everybody. Apparently, maybe not. Worked out for the Patriots, I'm guessing, because I don't. Shannon did not have the best track record in terms of translating on-field talent to good defenses at Ohio State. I will say, though, immediately their QB Neal defense takes a hit. Because <laughs> if there's one thing Shiano had was teaching, teaching guys how to yeah. stop Oh, and run. he had Michael Bennett, too. That was like the perfect confluence. Know, Bennett right? would have killed someone they to get there that ball. Oh, that would have been... They were... Every game would have ended in a fight that they lost. Talk about scheme fit. Michael Bennett in the QB Neal defense. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to tell you guys about our friends over at Eckridge. The official smoked sausage of the college football playoff, Eckridge is the go-to solution for your favorite game day dish. Available in a variety of flavors and forms, Eckridge smoked sausage is versatile enough, much like all these safeties, to be paired with whatever you have on hand so you can create a meal that will satisfy everyone's appetites before focusing on the game. Pick up Eckridge smoked sausage from your local grocer's refrigerated section today. Eckridge will also be offering fans a chance to win, listen to this, Mike, a million bucks, a million dollars at some of the top college football matchups during the 2019 season. If you want to know more about that, it's EckridgeFootball.com for more information. That's an idea there, right? The Eckridge Smoke Sausage Versatile Safeties of the draft class. Mm. We're going to pitch that back to them I'd see if they that. want it. <laughs> pitch? You would. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna, yeah, I'll make sure they want that. So maybe you'll see uh, that video coming up soon. We'll break up the versatile safeties and the versatility of Eckridge Smoked Sausage. Greg Schiano's out. Do you have any other uh, general draft thoughts? Nope. That's it. Back to you. You said you were refreshed. I thought you had like a two-hour podcast in you after spring break. I mean, that was a good one. That was good. Covered a lot of ground there. Mm-hmm. Like these versatile safeties. All right, that'll do it. We'll be back Monday. We'll do head-to-head mock. First round only. Maybe we'll talk about some of the second round. We'll do mm-hmm. more second round picks. Yeah. We're going to give the Cowboys fans love and the Saints and all that stuff. We'll give the, all those teams love. So we'll do that mock draft. We'll do two draft episodes next week. And, yeah, just keep up with everything on the YouTube channel and over at ProFootballFocus.com. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray and his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, 
you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash Pro Football Focus NFL.